Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise this morning. So good to be here with you today. We're going to be heading to 1 John here in just a second. Uh, 1 John, first chapter, if you want to hit start in your Bible today. We're going to continue to talk about new beginnings and fresh starts. A new beginning for us, a fresh start for someone else. Can you believe that this is week number seven? This is week number seven that uh, we are in uh, this facility today to, to be able to worship and to praise and to study and to encourage one another together in the Lord. Week number seven. It blows my mind. It's already been seven weeks. But you know, the number seven is a, is a really good number, right? I mean, biblically, it's a, it's a very special number. So maybe today will be a very special message uh, for you, a very special message for us. New beginnings and fresh starts. Maybe that's exactly what you need in your life today. A new beginning and a fresh start. When it comes to new beginnings and fresh starts, there's probably one of two ways that this could actually happen for you in your life. For some people, they need a fresh start in the sense that they need to begin at a place they've never been before. They need to begin at a place where they've never been before. Uh, for Simeon last week at the end of the Christmas story that we see in Luke chapter 2, for the guy named Simeon in that story, if you will remember, Simeon, he could not depart in peace. In other words, he could not have a peace about dying until he saw the Lord's anointed one. And so there was Simeon there in the temple, and Jesus and his family come into the temple, and Jesus is, is, is a young child at this point, going through the rites, the rituals of the law, like any faithful Jewish family would do. You know, the circumcision, the purification, then the dedication. And Simeon was there. And for Simeon, he needed an experience that he had never had before. For him to move on, he needed to be at a place he had never been before. And for him, it was looking upon the Christ child. He, he needed to look into the face of Christ. And once he saw the face of Christ, then he hears the words of the Lord, now you can depart in peace. And so he was ready to die. And what we took away from that last week is this. That a man or woman is not prepared to die until they've looked into the face of Christ. A man or a woman is not prepared. No one is prepared to die until they have looked into the face of Christ. And then from what we saw next in what Simeon had to say about what Christ would do, we learned this principle. Just as a person is not prepared to die until they look into the face of Christ, a person is really not prepared to live until they looked into the face of Christ. Because you see, being in Christ, being a believer, being a follower, being born again, born anew, there's another new, there's another new there. 
New creation. New covenant. God, Christ makes all things new, but the new birth, I mean, the new birth is something else that God is in. He's into new births and new chances for people. Once someone has that new birth, it's not just about dying and going to heaven. It's about living life on this earth and your joy being complete and, and having a full and meaningful life here. It's not just about having a hope so that when I die, I'll go to heaven. It's really about being empowered to live life upon this earth now. Being in Christ now. You're not prepared to live until you've looked into the face of Christ and you have found peace there with Him. So for some people, new beginning and fresh start means that they've got to go to a place where they've never been before and perhaps... It starts in looking into the face of Christ for the very first time in their life and finding peace with God through Jesus. That might be you today. I will not take for granted to anyone who is here today who has come to worship that, that you have a relationship with Jesus. I will not take for granted that you have said yes to the Lord in your life. But I will give you that opportunity today as the Spirit moves. Might you... Look into the face of Christ. And as He beckons for your soul in your life, might you say yes. Might you say yes to the Lord today. For other people though, the new beginning and the fresh start means going back to a place where they've been before. But for some reason, over the course of time, they've gotten off track. For some people, the do-over, the control-alt-delete, the fresh start, is not going to a new place, but going to a place where they've been before, but over the course of time, they got off track. And I would suggest to you as well that the only firm foundation for fresh starts and new beginnings in life is Jesus. So maybe you've had a walk with the Lord. Maybe you were close to Him at some point in time. And I would even say this to you as well today, that, that there should be great encouragement in your life. That whatever the Lord brought you through, at some point in the past, that you can trust that He'll be faithful to do the same again for you now. As you begin a new start. You go back to your walk with Him. The place where you were close and intimate with Him. And you say, okay, Jesus, it's you and it's me and we're starting right here. Now, in today's message, I want you to leave with this one thought. If you're taking notes, writing this down, there's one thought that I want you to leave with today. And here it is. He's already there. He's already there. The one thought I would encourage you to take away with you today is He's already there. In 1 John chapter 1, we find some very interesting words of John about Jesus. And all this really does tie in with the Christmas message and what the whole Christmas thing is all about. Uh, let's look there in the text. And let's begin to work through some things today. And, and let's just have a conversation. Let's just talk about some stuff. And see what God might do with this. So in 1 John chapter 1, 
John writes, and, and let's remember that John also wrote John chapter 1. And this is what he writes and has to say. And we also think that John, in writing this, is coming against some maybe not so solid or not so firm understandings of Jesus. And so he writes to straighten some things out based upon what he and the other apostles have experienced in Christ. If you look at this historically, there's a good possibility that John is writing to confront a what was called a heresy known as Gnosticism. And there was a lot of ideas around Gnosticism in the first century. And one of those thoughts and ideas was that the only way to really experience God was to have some kind of special intellectual knowledge. Hence the word Gnosticism, which comes from the word means to know. But there was another thought or idea that the Gnostics held, and they really struggled with the idea that God could, could show up. They struggled with the idea that God could be real. And I don't mean real in a spiritual sense, but real in the sense that, that He could come right into your life, or be right in your living room, or be right there in your presence. They struggled with the idea of what is as the incarnation of Christ. That God came to us in human flesh, and that you could really touch Him. They believed that the material world was just utterly sinful, and there's no way that God would come down here. And if He did, then He would only do it in a spiritual way, but He would not do it in a real, material, physical way. So they struggled with the idea that Jesus could be God incarnate. You say, well, what in the world does the word incarnate mean anyway? It comes from a Latin word. Incarnus, which means in flesh or in meat and bones like one of us. Now let's, let's think about the Christmas story for just a second, okay? Uh, let's, let's recall some scripture that helps us to hone in what the Christmas story is really all about anyway. Uh, we'll just pick out a couple here. How about Isaiah chapter 9? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah wrote and he said, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. His name will be called, and y'all could probably help me with this, his name will be called what? His name will be called, y'all help me with this, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. What next? Mighty God. Eternal what? This is about Jesus, right? This is the Christmas story. He will be known as what? Eternal what? Eternal. You say, wait, I thought that was only something that was reserved for God. Yes, that is reserved for God. And only he who is God can be called this. Enter Jesus. Who's also known as the prince of what? The prince of of peace. Here's another one. This is actually when the angel Gabriel makes the grand announcement of the birth of Jesus. 
of what will be to come in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Matthew wrote, he said, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name what? Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? Emmanuel means God with us. So if we could kind of summarize the real meaning of Christmas. If we could summarize the real meaning of Christmas. We might could put it like this. The real meaning of Christmas is that God became man so that man can know God. Because unless God became man, then no acceptable sacrifice could be made for man. We'll say that again. The real meaning of Christmas is that God became man so that man can know God. Because unless God becomes man, then there is no acceptable sacrifice for man. This is really about going from the crib to the cross, from cradle to Calvary. It's not just that a baby was born and we name him Jesus and we get another hero because historically you can, you can, you can stack martyrs like firewood. You can do that. It's not just about getting another hero, another religious figure, a great humanitarian, a wise prophet or sage. It's really about God coming among us in the person of Jesus, incarnate, in flesh, in bone. In sinew, in muscle, in emotion, fill in the blank. He's like one of us. It would be real neat to say, hey, you know what? This next year, there's going to be a lot of things that happen in your life. And Jesus is going to be with you. In fact, it's true. I don't think he intends to forsake or abandon any of us today. I just think from what I know, I don't think that's in his character, and I don't think it's in his nature. That he likes to abandon or walk out on his children. And even those who are not his children, I think he stands there with open arms and says, come on over here. If you need a friend, here I am. Turn from your ways, turn to me, I'm here for you. You don't have to do this thing called life alone. I will be here with you. I am for you. Come to me. And I don't think it's in his nature to come to a point and say, well, I think I'm going to leave you alone. So no matter what's going to happen this next year in our lives, and I'll put pause on that for just a second. I'm going to put pause on that for just a second. You're here. 
It might be by the grace of God you're here, but you are here. In fact, won't you look at your neighbor right now? They might not even know where they are, but won't you tell them? You look at them and say, you are here. Look at your neighbor and I just say, you're here. You're here. You made it. You made it. You made it. Were there times this past year that you didn't think you would be here? Were there times this past year that you thought you were not going to make it? I need to call a major timeout for some of my friends because I can roll the clock back not so many months ago and, and I can go back with my friends and I can go to them and I can say to them, you remember what happened in July? And you thought your life was over? You had no idea how you were going to get through what you were facing? You remember when you called me? And I said, call Brother Steve. He knows more than I do. And you said, Brother Allen, this has happened. Or that has happened. Or you called a friend up. And you got this word. Or you got that word. Or you lost your job. Or you failed a class. Or your girlfriend broke up with you. And you're like, it's over. A loved one got a diagnosis. And you thought, I don't know, I don't know how we're going to make it. Anyone? Anyone ever been there? Let's just don't even do 2018. Any of you ever been there? Got confronted with something and I had no idea how I was going to make it. Can I get an amen? Is there anybody who'd be honest today? But guess what? By the grace of God, you're here. And you're still breathing. And there's hope for you. So you can face this next year and everything that's going to happen this next year. And you have no clue what's going to happen. And I don't have any idea what's going to happen. And I'm glad we don't. But whatever is going to happen, because you're here today and the Lord's grace got you through, encouraged you, maybe even when you didn't realize He was even carrying you, you can go into this new year with some hope and encouragement that whatever comes your way, you're going to be okay. Why? Because you do not have to face it alone. For the very simple reason that whatever comes your way, you do not have to face it alone. Here's what John said. John said, what was from the beginning. And if you're a student of John, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the what? Was the word. Genesis chapter 1 also begins this way. So, 
ideas of eternity and ideas of things that happen before there is a beginning or at the beginning, all those thoughts and ideas should come to our hearts and to our mind. And for John, in John chapter 1, he said, in the beginning was the Word. He later reveals that the Word is Jesus, and he also reveals that the Word became what and dwelt among us. That the Word did what? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then this is what he has to say. What was from the beginning, and it would be easy just to insert Jesus. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we, and we can do motions, okay? Let's do motion. We, what we beheld, like see with our eyes, what we hear. What we beheld and our hands handled. This is real. This is material. This is not fantasy. This is not make-believe. This is not just the spiritual, but it is the spiritual brought together with the natural. And that is, in essence, really what we need for any hope in our lives. And that is for the spiritual and the supernatural to meet into our non-spiritual many times and natural world. Our hands handled concerning the word of life, insert Jesus. And he says in verse 2, and the life was manifested, and we have done what? We have seen and bear witness and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father. Which was with the Father. The what, the which, is the who. He's talking about Jesus. And Jesus was with the Father before Christmas. But guess what? He came to be with us. Here's an interesting thought. It's really neat to be able to say, hey, listen, I can face tomorrow. I can face the new year because Jesus is with me. But I think Jesus would say this. Yes, I'm with you. But God is with you. Because if you get me, you get God. If you get me, you get God. A son was given. Why was a son given? A son was given because he existed before he was born. Christmas isn't about Jesus showing up. As if his beginning is at Christmas. He is eternal. And in the Christmas story... He comes to us. God comes to us. He is with us. Now somebody might think back and go, well, okay, so he's born and 
Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth, lived most of his life in Jerusalem, Judea area, died on the cross, ascended, yet his Holy Spirit, yeah, he was, he was, he was with us. He was with us. But that's not going to help you do anything. If he was just was with us. That won't help you do anything. And the power of the Christmas story is not that he was with us. But that he is with us even still now. Have you ever met someone who was a celebrity? You're going, yeah, the person next to me, right? Yeah, just say, I think you're a celebrity. By the way, if I hadn't told you in a while, you are a rock star. That might encourage them. Just say, you know what? I think you are a rock star. You, You are a rock star. You're a celebrity. So now you've met a celebrity. Have you ever met a celebrity? What was it that impressed you about the celebrity? What was it that impressed you about the celebrity? That they were very talented? Maybe they're good looking or beautiful? Is that what impressed you about the celebrity? That they knew other people, they were very popular. You ever met a celebrity? Seriously, have you ever met a celebrity? Who's the most famous person you ever met? And don't say Jesus. It was really good to see Kentucky beat Louisville yesterday. Can I get an amen? Uh, sorry if you're a Louisville fan. I do cheer for Louisville when Kentucky's dead. Just kidding. When Kentucky's not playing, I cheer for Louisville. Yes, I'm a Louisville fan too. The year before last, I was in an airport in Arizona, and I met Bobby Hurley. Kentucky fans know who Bobby Hurley is, right? And when Bobby Hurley played for the University of Puke, I mean the University of Duke, just kidding. When Bobby Hurley played for the University of Duke, just kidding, seriously, uh, I didn't like the guy. I didn't like him as a player. You know, I'll never forget. I'm sorry to bring up bad memories, but gosh, y'all know what I'm talking about. So we're in Arizona, and we're out with Eric and Brittany Gibbs, and we're in the airport, and we're standing in line. And I look behind me, and there's Bobby Hurley. There's no mistake in it's Bobby Hurley. You know, Jay Larkin's over there with his UK hat, and I swear to you, he's over there going, you know, pointing at his head. Like, let's not get in a fight in the airport, Jay, all right? But Bobby Hurley began to talk to us. And we shared with him what we were doing, the mission and ministry that we were on and stuff. And I hate to say it, he was a really nice guy. I mean, he seemed to have an interest in, in what we were doing. In our ministry, in our mission, he talked with us, and, and uh, I, I didn't realize that he was coaching for Arizona State. I, I thought he was the 
with the son's organization, and, and so he clarified that for me and, and talked to us and, and went on the airport, and, you know, I kind of walked away thinking, man, you know, he's an okay guy. He's like anybody else. He can talk to people. He's common. He's relatable. And there's a, a term that is used when someone has the ability to connect with other people. Many times we say they are really down to what? They are down to earth. It might be a doctor that you get to know or another celebrity or somebody you see from a distance, from afar. You might see them on TV and you ever get a chance to meet to them and talk to them. And, you, and when you talk to them, you go, oh my gosh, they're a real person. They're so down to earth. And it makes you wonder, does that make you feel better about them? Because they're so down to earth? Or does that make you feel better about you? Because you're thinking, hey, I could be a celebrity. <laughs> They're like me. That term, down to earth, is the essence of who Jesus is in our lives. He literally, as God, came down to earth earth John said you could we touched him we heard him he would probably even be able to say on certain days when he perspired I smelled him he had a human body he was born of a woman he experienced hunger. He ate food. He slept. He experienced temptation. He sweated. He burped. There's a line in a Christmas carol that says, No crying he made. That's bull. He was a baby like any other baby. He had human emotions. There were times he got angry. He experienced grief. He had sorrow. Jesus bled. And Jesus literally and he physically died. He's down to earth. And the mystery of his being is that he remains God at the same time. So if Jesus is down to earth and he walked on this planet and he went through stuff like you and I go through, then God does too. He's relatable. And I think he probably wants to get to know you. From what I know. Today he might like to get to know you. Show himself to you. It's up to him to prove himself. We don't have to do that for God.
But from what we can tell, He rewards those who seek. Those who search. Those who simply look for Him. And He seems to historically do a pretty good job of showing up when He needs to. Let me say that again. Historically, God seems to do a pretty good job of showing up when He needs to. All of this actually qualifies Him to be our Savior, to be our Lord. The the writer of Hebrews said to be our high priest. So, So listen to this. The writer of Hebrews says about Jesus, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our what? I'm going to let these guys get time to put this up here because I think this is really, really important. If they were able to get to the Hebrews passage. We do not have a high priest who cannot what? Who cannot sympathize. It means to relate. It means to connect. It means to know. It means to, listen to me, it means to understand. To be understanding. You ever met someone and you thought, I don't think they're very sympathetic? Because they didn't come across as being very understanding of maybe what you were going through or whatever it was that you were dealing with? Not Jesus. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our what? With our what? With our weaknesses. But one who has been tempted in all things as we are. Yet without sin. Meaning that whatever the trips up, trip ups were that came for you along the way, they're things that he can handle and he can deal with. Because he already has. He struggled in Golgotha. On the cross, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He struggled there. After 40 days of fasting, he was weak. He was tempted in the wilderness. He had, listen to me, very good friends who turned their back on him. He knows betrayal. He knows what it's like to live in a hometown And people don't get you or understand you. He knows what it's like to have nothing. He was virtually homeless. I think this is written to us to help us to understand that no matter what we're going to face or deal with. Number one, we don't face it alone. 
Number two, we don't just face it with Jesus, but we face it with God. And number three, we don't face anything he hasn't already faced. So maybe, just maybe, you and I can go into this new year with tremendous confidence that no matter what the new year brings, we can know that He's already there. He's already there. He's already there. Because there's nothing that you will face that he cannot understand or sympathize with in your life. Kind of a cool thought, don't you think? That he's already there. And oh my goodness, if we could roll the clock back a year of what many of us have been through, what we've had to deal with, what do you think the message would have been a year ago if we had had any idea of what the next year would have brought for us? What do you think it would have been? Probably a lot different than what I did preach, to be honest with you. Why? Because we had no idea. But even then, he did. He is to be praised, my dear friends. The Lord Jesus Christ is to be praised in our midst because he knew before we ever did. He is to be worshipped. He is to be glorified. He is to be exalted. Because he knew everything before you ever went through anything. You can go into this new year Because he's already there. He's already there. He's already there. So for us today, for some, we just need to come back to that starting point, that firm foundation that we've known for many years. We just need to come back to that place and just, just know that it's solid ground and that what he did before, he'll, he can do it again. And you just come back to that starting place that you've been before. And you say, Lord, I, I rest upon what you've shown me about yourself throughout the course of my life. Here I am. I'm going with you. I, maybe I've gotten off course. Maybe things have been blurry or confusing. But for me to come back and to see things clearly, i got to be looking at you. i got to be looking at you. So maybe that's where you are. You're coming to a place you've been before. You just maybe have veered off a little bit. Maybe a lot. 
Maybe for others of you today, it's, it's that first look. It's the first look. You have not really gazed into his eyes. You can't, you can't say, like John said, I've touched, I've heard, I've seen, and I've smelled. You can't say that. But you can. But you can. Because then what did John say? John then said, and that is which what I testify and what I proclaim. He showed himself to me, and now I'm just telling you about it. And you can't tell anybody about it until you've experienced it. You can talk about it. You can act like you know about it. But you really can't even testify. You might even be at a loss for words and not even know how to put the words. And it's okay. And, and once you've experienced him, all you can do is just go, Ugh, uh, maybe that's all you can do. But you can't even do that until you looked into his eyes. So we believe that salvation is found through Christ Jesus our Lord who points us to God. And you can know him today. And you can get the new beginning and the fresh start you need in your life. Won't you stand with us? Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.